Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Season 5 of the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am your host, Scott, and I welcome to the show returning guest, Dean. Dean, welcome back. Wow. I, I lost my champion status, but I'll, I'll take returning guest. I feel like maybe I closed out Season 4 with you. You did. So, you closed uh, out with your trip report to Disney World. Yeah, so this is exciting to kick off Season 5. I'll have to look up what you get for like a... A fifth anniversary present. Is that like paper? You get a Podbean subscription. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, free park map, but, you know, we'll, we'll work on the details for the gift. But uh, congratulations. Excited that you are starting season five of Stuff We Love. I really can't believe it. I honestly thought it was season four for whatever reason earlier today. It shows you how much stuff I have on my mind, but it's uh, season five. And I feel like we uh, we just concluded not too long ago. Time flew. I think it shows how much stuff you love. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff we love. Now, let me ask you this question, Dean, before we get to the main focus of tonight's episode. I want to ask you a generic sports question. We're recording this the day before the start of the NFL season. We got Rams-Bills tomorrow. Very exciting opening matchup. When football arrives, just what are your general thoughts about the return of football? I mean, baseball, when it comes back, people talk about, how, oh, it symbolizes the return of spring and warm weather on the way and barbecues coming july 4th what does that mean for you in terms of football it, it means that we're entering into what is probably my favorite time of the year um and i probably say that at every change of season maybe not winter um it's funny my wife and i were talking about this earlier today like winter is exciting for the first few weeks of winter because you get christmas you get new year's you get you know lots of fun decorations and excitement and family gatherings and then the rest of winters is football well, again being in the northeast sure it's pretty pretty miserable in a way it's you know very short days and, and lots of cold weather and potential snowstorms and things like that but for me fall and you mentioned sports it's, it's a great reason why i love fall you get this time of year this september and october you got playoff baseball you got the return of the nfl basketball and hockey will be starting up soon uh, i love the weather um I love some of the foods that come along with fall in the Northeast in particular. We have lots of fall fairs and festivals that go on. So, uh, and the kids go back to school, which I, I never thought I'd be excited about, but you know, now that I have a middle schooler, I'm excited about that. So mm -hmm. uh, I love the fall. I'm excited. Uh, it means the return of stuff. We love podcast, which is probably the <laughs> yes. greatest thing that happens in the fall. Um, so I, I can't wait for the next several weeks. I, you know, I, it's one of those things. I think when you get down to, all the excitement of fall, like, you know, this was just Labor Day weekend. So it's sort of the end, unofficial end of summer, you know, fall doesn't really start for another two weeks, but then you're going to get into Halloween season, which is exciting in the theme parks and around the country. Then you're going to get right into Thanksgiving, which everybody likes to look past to go right to Christmas. So fall is just like full of lots of ways to get together with friends and family and right. have lots of fun. Well, what you just said, it's really echoes my sentiments. When football starts, I say, okay, well, this is something that's now going to take me through Halloween, Thanksgiving, the holiday season. And when you live in the Northeast, this period, let's say September through January 1st, is to me the best reason to live in the Northeast. The change in the weather matches up well with the arrival of each holiday. And um, it's a fun time. You get the changing leaf, uh, colors of the leaves, all that stuff. And football, it, it's part of fall, no doubt about it. Well, and when you see the holiday decorations, you know, for, for Christmas, Hanukkah time, it's very much 
scripted after the Northeast. And, and you know, I'm sure people in Ohio feel the same way and stuff like that. But it's to the northern part of the country where you get a lot of the snow decorations and that kind of stuff to go along with the settings that you see. Uh, it's not like, I mean, I've, I've been not on Christmas, but I've been in uh, Florida, you know, at that time of time of year, it's, you know, it's cool to be in shorts and a t-shirt on, on December 18th, but it's not Christmas to me. So right. it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, just that, that home feel of, of being in the Northeast and celebrating those holidays, you know, right. Where really, again, it's to me, holiday season kind of kicked off with the this weekend agreed and the bills and rams will really get it going tomorrow night and we'll see who wins i think the bills will win but we'll see if i was right by the time this episode comes out yeah well the you're jumping right into my uh stuff we love recommendation which is uh don't miss the opening of football season whether it's it's watching paulie's favorite team tomorrow night with the bills taking on the uh, defending champion rams or uh you know the, the rest of the games that kick off over the weekend yes and we're proud to be sponsored by the nfl this season <laughs> Stuff we love podcast. It's is, a uh, new partnership. It's it's one of the great things about season five. They they finally right. acknowledge you. We hit the big time. So uh anyhow, tonight's episode is devoted to our trip this past summer to Universal Studios. Now we did not go together, Dean and I, but we happened to be there at the same time at the same hotel. So it doesn't really, as two podcasters, get any better than that experience. It was uh, it was uncanny, um, you know. When you told me what you were planning and and how you were planning your trip, we had already been talking in this household about, you know, we, we had the the long Disney trip in June and said, you know, that was very early in the summer. If we could sneak away, you know, let's fin- find a good weekend. And we we're trying to balance out, you know, when the fall sports schedule would start up. Speaking of sports, uh, my my son plays fall baseball. Uh, balancing that with school going back and and just finding the right weekend. And so. Happened to pick a time that overlapped with with one of my other friends that was down there for the week. Happened to pick a time that overlapped with your family vacation. So it was a uh, it was a really fun trip. A really yeah. you know for me it was only four nights, um, but it was a, a lot of fun, a lot of action packed into four nights. Totally true. And I thought tonight we'd talk about a few aspects of the trip uh, from the hotel to the theme parks themselves and the restaurants. Why don't we start with the hotel because we both stayed at uh, Los Portofino Bay. And let me begin by giving a plug to our podcast youtube channel i have a nice youtube video up of uh, some footage of portofino hotel and uh i think it's pretty good it's not that long it's about five six minutes of footage but gives you a sense of what the hotel is like and dean this was your first time staying there what were your thoughts on the hotel it was so this is our third trip to universal first time at portofino i've stayed at royal pacific and hard rock before this and uh, it's an interesting shaped hotel first of all so they're very much trying to take advantage of that bay aspect uh, you know, again, it's right in the name, but you know, having that sort of horseshoe around the waterway um, gives you a an interesting center point to focus on with the sort of that plaza area, um, the pseudo boat dock that's that's there. Um, I thought the the ornateness of the hotel wasn't over the top, but it had good detail, mm-hmm. uh, which is great to see because I, I think sometimes, um, particularly in newer built hotels, you get a lot of that stuff gets just the, the corners get cut. And they, they don't bother with the extra decoration. They don't bother with the extra theming. Even at theme park resorts, you know, so, some of the hotels that you see are not as uh, decorated as this one was. So right. I thought the the you know, walking into it gives you a, a great just introduction to what the theming is. It, it doesn't smack you over the face with tackiness, but it definitely immerses you in what they're trying to get with that sort of Italian village feel. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the rooms were, were well sized, uh, as I would expect for this price point and, and you know this this uh, range for a universal resort. Lowe's does really good with their hotels. Like, yes. It's kind of hard to complain about Lowe's hotels. Uh, I know a lot of people think that it's a little odd because they're so used to the Disney thing where Disney owns all their hotels and I think it's odd there's a partnership here. But, uh, you know, it's probably a smart move by Universal to partner with someone who will keep up on their resort, will will put in the time and the, and the money to make sure that everything is where it needs to be. Um, good restaurant offerings, you know, good, uh, good, good staffing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, I didn't find any lack for, uh, people that were available to answer questions or help you out with things. Maybe the, the one fail was the car rental desk, but that's not Lowe's fault. That's just their partner uh, allowing the, they were a little understaffed when we went to rent a car one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, um, I would definitely stay there again. Right. I, I think, and I don't know if you want to get into this now, but I think the price point will give some people a little bit of a sticker shock um, because it is expensive. But if you are somebody who wants that express pass that comes with the high-end resorts at Universal, you start to factor in what that costs per day. That's kind of built into the price point of the hotel. So right. you get, you, you, you know, th- there's been a, a little bit of outrage in the, the Diz Twitter community about the deluxe nights at, at uh, Disney, where folks staying in deluxe resorts are allowed to go to the parks, but the other people aren't. This is kind of the same idea, but it's during the day. You, you get this express pass included right. in your hotel if you stay at any of the three resorts I just mentioned. And I, I think that's a lot of value add. Uh, when you stay at Portofino. Yes. And one of the things I learned from you during the trip, I didn't even realize this, it's an unlimited express pass. So let's say you're at the park and you go on ET and then you want to use express again. And again, you could ride that thing all day on express. Yeah. You, uh, you were not, it's not a single use. So right. uh, as long as the attraction or show that you're looking to do is on the express pass, you can fill the whole day with the one ride or one show. And you can't help but compare a hotel like Portofino, which let's say in universal terms is a deluxe hotel to a deluxe hotel at Disney. And yes, Dean, you're right. You get that perk of being able to stay at the park a couple nights a week later than other guests. But price-wise, I think you may actually get more for your money when you stay at a deluxe hotel equivalent in universal. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a fair thing to point out and you know, it's uh it's a different structure, right? They're, they're, they're just going for the, their approach to service differently. Right. Um, but I, I agree. I think there is no shortage of theming, no shortage of value on the room size, the, the amenities that come with the room, um, you know, toiletries, all that good stuff that we, we geek out about at the Disney resorts. You get all the same really good stuff over at the Universal resorts too. Oh, and oh, by the way, you get FastPass Unlimited for right. whenever you want. You don't have to wake up and buy it at 10 at seven o'clock in the morning and, and worry about booking it one at a time. Absolutely true. And in terms of Portofino, a couple of highlights I was going to mention is were these one, when you turn into the property, the view is just astounding. It's a jaw dropping entrance because you, you drive around the bay, you see the architecture and it's a very unique hotel entrance Two, from a room design perspective. I've stayed at Portofino now several times. The rooms have very high ceilings. I've always noticed that there. And that actually makes a difference. You may be the rooms are a nice size in terms of square footage anyway, but the high ceiling just adds a I don't know how to describe it really, but it it's a more luxurious feel that's present. It is. It it makes the room feel more spacious. Yes. It gives you a little bit more visual on the windows. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's a better feel versus sort of the, the cramped 
we, you and I were talking about cruises before we started recording. Right. It, it's a contrast to the, the typical cruise stateroom sure. <laughs> with the yeah. sort of cramped in as quickly and, and tightly as they can do the rooms. Uh, this is op opposite. They could exactly. get more. They, they could they could have built a few extra floors if they wanted to. They could do, do more rooms, but they decided to give you that luxurious space and, and you feel it. You definitely do feel it. Another feature at the hotel that I took advantage of. Now, this may be that other universal hotels as well. I don't know is text messaging hotel staff for our needs. As soon as you check in, you get a text saying, if there's anything you need during your stay, let us know. And I use that feature all the time. If we needed more towels, I texted them and they were brought to the room. Unlike other hotels like Disney and non-Disney hotels where you got to pick up the phone. Hopefully the phone works because I've stayed in hotel rooms where the phone's <laughs> not working and you got to call for everything. Here it was all done via text. Call for your car. You could dial a number or you could text it. That's a very nice feature that Universal Hotels offer. And I, like I said, I used it all the time. Yeah, I agree. We, we like that as well. And, and even just to check on your room and see if your room was available. It was, they were right. very responsive. They were, it, it was great. I mean, it's, it's um, obviously a very well-staffed uh, area of the, the service that you didn't text and wait three minutes for a response. I mean, it was, it was instant. It was instant, which is very impressive. And they were booked when we were there. I talked to hotel staff. I said, how busy is it? And they said, well, we're pretty full. And yet you never got that sense. Sometimes the line for the boat would be a little long, but uh, you'll see on that YouTube channel uh, video that I talked about, some of the footage by the bay was shot around eight in the morning and it looks empty. It looks like the hotel could even yeah. be closed. It's a, they, it handles its guest load very well, Portofino. That's something I definitely noticed. It does. And, uh, and I think part of that I noticed even at the pool, the fact that they have multiple pools on property yes. helped. Uh, you know, I wasn't battling to get chairs uh, when we went over to the pool and, and wanted to spend some time outside. It was, uh, you know, it was not crowded. It was full, uh, you know, but there were definitely seats still available. And not just the ones, you know, kind of three rows back, stuck behind a corner. You don't see anything. We got poolside seats right in the front where we wanted uh, with a little bit of shade offered walking over there, you know, middle of the afternoon. Yeah, no, that's very true. And that that's a testament to the hotel and the way it's run. And also, in terms of pools, I've just looked something up. I went swimming one day there at the Villa Pool. I'd used this pool before. It's, I guess you could call it a quiet pool, but it's not. It's quite large, but it's just quieter. And we ate by the pool, and the service was tremendous. They brought everyone frozen grapes as a snack, which is really cool. Ooh. And they had one. The food was fantastic. I had a turkey club sandwich. We had drinks. It was chips, salsa, guac, <laughs> and uh, it guac, was good. That's, that's, that's big for you. Oh, yeah. um, we, we, we didn't eat by the pool, but we did play at the pool. So uh, they had some activities going on and, you know, music playing and, and uh, staff led activities, kids and adults. Right. So that was really fun. Like bingo uh, and stuff like what? Uh, the, the one we did, uh, my son took part in uh, red light, green light. In okay. The pool. And Very he nice. won. He won one of the rounds and they gave him a free smoothie at the smoothie bar. Really? And then, okay, uh, that's a yeah, nice. It was, it was, you know, seven fifty value or something like that, eight dollar yeah. value. Uh, and then after they were done doing, I think they did four or five rounds of kids races. They did one round of adult races where they right. gave an adult smoothie did to the win? person who won. I did not participate. Uh, I would have, but uh, at the time, I didn't know they were going to call for that, and uh, we were already in line waiting for my son's smoothie. Sure, so I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to abandon him and jump back in the pool to try to win <laughs> right. my own smoothie. Right. Uh, so you would stay there again, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I definitely would. I mean, if you wanted me to be critical about one aspect, the and some people might view this as a positive, the way the rooms are designed, the bathrooms you could play baseball in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, they're enormous. enormous. They're enormous. Uh, and I'm only being critical because it's probably a little bit of a wasted space. 
Um, but short of that, I mean, there's no reason not to stay here again. It's relatively close to the parks, great boat service to get you over there. There is a walking path. If you feel like walking, if it's not a 117 degrees in the middle of uh, August. Right. Uh, So, uh, I, I think everything about the hotel is great. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's got good restaurants, like I mentioned before. Uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner—it's all all available. Gelato shop—I mean, everything you'd want to see in a resort. Uh, you know, it's it's um probably their flagship. Although I I'd say so. they they probably think Hard Rock is their flag, flagship uh, resort, but I think Portofino in some ways can edge it out. I would think so. If I was going to choose a flagship, I would choose Portofino. Yeah, it's like the debate over at Disney. I mean, they they'll still tell you Grand Floridian is their flagship resort. I think some people would go away from Grand Floridian, maybe Polynesian or mm, yeah, even even Animal Kingdom Lodge. You know, there, there's a lot of great resorts at both places. And well, as podcasters, we make the final determination, so we should have, <laughs> we should discuss that. Um, Good, Dean. Oh, I so say the, the one thing that Hard Rock has is just the location. You know, right. being the closest to the theme parks, that's probably where they're flagging as their flagship. Fair. Now you mentioned a moment ago restaurants. Let's let's talk about the dining. I know you ate at. I hope I'm saying this right. Biche at uh, we Portofino. Ate, we had a dinner at Biche, and we had a dinner and a breakfast at um, Della Porte. Is that the name? Is we getting that name right? I think so. Della, I think Della so, Porto. Yeah. yeah. Uh, name's escaping me right now. Uh, we did not get to eat at Mama Della's. Um, mm. That and I did hear good things. My uh, my other friend that was down there, he had one or two meals at Mama Della's. They liked it quite a bit. Okay. And you like BJ? Yeah, BJ, you know, I, I, again, having not eaten at Mama Dolls, I did peek at the rest at the menu. I think Mama Dolls is a little bit more the traditional sort of, I'll call it saucy Italian right. uh, that, that folks probably expect from an Italian restaurant. BJ is going a little bit more maybe northern Tuscan type uh, cuisine. Um, I mean, I, I did get lasagna, but it wasn't a, you know, tomato sauce lasagna with stacks of meats and cheeses. It was a little bit more of like a creamy sauce lasagna. Very, very good. Um, Started with a cheese plate, which has become uh, a family tradition at any restaurant that serves a cheese plate. Nice tradition. You now have to get that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, everything was great, though. I mean, my, my son loved his. My wife, uh, she had a, I think she had chicken parm. So there's some of those saucy options, but it's just a little bit different. A little, They're going for more upscale, but you definitely don't have to dress upscale there. Right. Um, I, we do. I, I would you know, make a thing out of dinner type thing, especially if it's a restaurant at the resort we're staying at, you know, we want to have our theme park day, kind of shower up and, you know, throw on a collared shirt. My wife will throw on a dress and we'll go and beach is a nice restaurant to do that. at. We definitely saw a, a younger couple. Uh, he was in a sport coat. She was in a full on dress and heels. Uh, then wow. I saw a family where the guy was in a t-shirt. Uh, the kids were crawling up the back of the seats and, you know, so it's, you get a little mixed there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great place. It was, uh, I would argue that probably their most expensive restaurant at the resort. Yes. Um, but the service was fantastic. You know, it's, it was one of those places where the the service is just a little bit next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you get the better quality. I thought the food was great. I thought the, uh, the pace of the meal was good, which is sometimes a criticism of some places at theme park restaurants. They try to get you in and out as fast as they can. Uh, these guys definitely, I think took direction from the folks uh, as far as if you if you seem like the, the couple or the family that wanted a longer meal, which we did, uh, they definitely paced that out for you. Others that wanted to be in and out, they they seem to be very accommodating. It's a great summary of Beach A. Um, I went to Mama Della's one night. It was my uh, actually my third time at that restaurant. And I also have positive things to say about it, like your friend. 
I did like my appetizers more than my entree. For appetizers, we had mozzarella caprese and maybe something else. I don't remember what else. But uh, I had chicken parm for my entree, and I liked it. Uh, wonderful staff, exceptionally kind. I did think it was a little rushed. We were probably in and out of there in 45 minutes, which is a very short time for that, a dinner. That's a, yeah, that's a quick dinner. And Especially if you have busy. an appetizers. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, that that was I wouldn't I shouldn't use the word upsetting that's too strong but it was, <laughs> it was rushed. Um, now you and I, with our with our families, went to Antihitos at City Walk one night. Now I can't remember. Had you you were there once before, right? Antihitos I've been at, at probably twice before at least. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you my thoughts about the meal that I've I, I've thought about this since then. Uh, first off, I would go back. They sat us in a kind of private area, which was nice because we had serious conversations. Yes, <laughs> you know, well, podcasting I mean, when, and all that. When you're when you're little... game planning season five of the right. uh, the internet's most popular podcast, right? You, you don't really want to be rushed by all the fans. We were working on the treaty of season five, <laughs> and, <laughs> but it was a little dark. I thought the lighting was not good. Um, the, the the space was awkward. Uh, yes. In some ways, I felt like we weren't at the restaurant. We were like annexed yes. to the restaurant. It was like they saw us and said, okay, you could eat here, but we don't want others to see you. Yeah. That's kind of what it was like. So we're going to not only sit you to the side, but we're going to sit you in the dark. <laughs> we're going to keep you away from any, uh, yeah. And I tried to look around as we were walking through because I've, I think we've been there three times before. This might have been my fourth time. I've eaten in different areas of that restaurant. I don't know if it maybe it's because of our party size. They just wanted to give us a bigger space. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's like where their bigger tables were. I didn't see a lot of other big tables right. around. But I know that I was there before with a party of, I can add, eight. Okay. So, you know, similar to what we had. Uh, and they sat us down like where the musicians usually play. Right. And they just they just put two tables together. Sure. So this shouldn't have been hard to, to not make us feel like we had to be kicked out to the excerpts of the uh, yeah. of the restaurant. And we felt very much on the outskirts. I agree with that. From a food perspective, I'm going to say I thought it was okay. I wouldn't say great. I wouldn't say bad. It was very mainstream uh, like I don't, I don't know it wasn't anything special i liked it more than frontera cochina at disney springs another mexican okay. restaurant that's good to know there's other mexican restaurants in new jersey that i've been to that i like more i just didn't think it was anything special uh, of the times i've been there this was the least satisfying meal i've had okay they i thought the cocktails were not good they were a little bit so mine was better yeah. than my wife's. I tried my wife's and it felt like she had a margarita. Yes. And the margarita should have something like, you know, tequila and triple sec and maybe some sort of a sour mix. And, you know, feel like adding other stuff, go nuts. And I feel like what they did was they added simple syrup and then added simple syrup. Right. And then put in more simple syrup and then a shot of tequila. Yeah. Like it, it was just way it was too heavy on the sweet. sweet. Way, way too heavy on the yeah, sweet. Was, I thought the same thing. I had a margarita was, as well. It was There too was much. no balance. I don't think I um, even finished it. And I, I like sweet, but it was too much. Yeah, no, that was too sweet. Um, the guacamole was good. They 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 dialed up the heat on the, the regular one. We had you know two bowls. We had one mild, one one medium. Uh, the medium was pretty spicy, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that was fine unless you don't like the spicy. Sure. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the meals were okay. I agree with you. I, you know, I we went out to Mexican this past weekend in my t- hometown, and the food was better than it was at Antijitos. Um, but 
I was hoping for a little bit more atmosphere. The last two times right. I've been there, if there wasn't live music playing, it was other music playing. Yes. And I don't know if it's because we were in like some sort of Mexican cave <laughs> that they just didn't want to, you know, have anything piped in over there. But it was it was a little bit stale in atmosphere. So it was a little bit like eating in a bad banquet hall. I think that sums it up perfectly. The theming at the restaurant is great from the outside throughout much of the restaurant. But where we were sitting, that there was it was kind of like just sitting in a generic space. It was not not particularly inviting and not particularly fun i mean it was fun being with you of course i, I was gonna say i mean they could have served me ritz crackers and water the the, <laughs> the company was fantastic yes i, I feel uh, the same way everybody seemed to have a good time you know we had, had a, a great time hanging out with with you guys and uh yeah i mean it's you know the, the the meal was the afterthought to be honest that is true that is true it was therefore it was the best meal of the entire vacation because of that. <laughs> well i think we made up for it though after we left dinner true tell us uh we, we uh, tell us what we did Totally well, so so the you know the the uh, the dessert options at Antihitos are fine, but we decided to forego those, and we headed on over to Toothsome, and Toothsome is certainly a, a good place to go for a sit down meal, uh, and they have some chocolate themes throughout the menu, but you don't have to go there and sit in order to uh, enjoy their treats. So we went over there, and they have their ice cream bar, so you can kind of walk up like a counter service and order anything off the ice cream treats. They also have a fudge shop. They have macarons. They have a candy area. Mm-hmm. And as the guy in the room who didn't really want to take on too much dairy, I headed right to go over and, and get some of those treats, while most everybody else headed to the left to go uh, take on the ice cream line. Um, it's chaos in there. The fact that they're trying to funnel people to that very, very popular ice cream stand while taking on some folks on the candy side and serve people straight down the middle that want to go in the restaurant, it was a little bit nuts. I agree with that. Not It was busier than I've ever remembered it, and I've been there many times now. I agree, yeah. That's the busiest I've seen it in there. Um, but at the end of maybe 10 to 15 minutes, we all congregated to a, a spot off to the left inside the, uh, the sort of very small seating area um, inside. They also have outdoor seating, and I think a lot of people just take their stuff to go and maybe like find a wall to sit. Yes. Or in order to sit outdoors, you had to be eating a full meal at the restaurant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that, that part wasn't really available for the ice cream part, uh, which also was awkward because we went out a door that went right into that seating. Yes. <laughs> so it wasn't really like <laughs> right. the right way. I think it was the right way to get out. It's just bad, bad traffic flow. Um, but you know, I have a picture of Scott with an ice cream. I can't even say as big as his head because that's underselling. That's underselling how big the ice cream was that you ordered. I'm going to post that. I mean, it's an iconic That needs to get posted, yeah. I think it was called the Brownie Bark Sunday or something like that. It was brownies, chocolate brownies, chocolate ice cream, chocolate whipped cream, chocolate syrup, chocolate sprinkles in a massive portion. I didn't even finish it. It was too much. It was good, though. It, it was very good. It was really good. It was really good. I, I like that restaurant. Um, some people don't like the steampunk steampunk theme. Right. Um, like the closest you could get on Disney property is maybe to compare it to Edison. Yeah, I think that is the closest. Um, they do have walk around characters uh, at certain yes. times. At uh, Not at, at the dessert part, but at the sit down restaurant. No, no, part. at the sit down restaurant part. So my, my point is, if you don't want to deal with the chaos of the ice cream bar and finding a seat you can go in and enjoy the full restaurant or just go in sit down sure but still order your desserts right right uh, it's a it's a really cool space i think i i love it there i find it very fun i really do 
And it, like you said, it was chaotic. But if you put that to the side, food was great. It really was. Yeah, everything we we tried was really good. Um, the the cast member or team members that I talked to were were super helpful. They were super patient despite the relatively overwhelming lines they were facing. Oh, it was um, stressful. They, you know, I, I back in the dark ages when I was younger, I used to work at a Friendly's. And for those who don't know Friendly's, right. you know, it's it's an it's an ice cream restaurant. Um, you know, they do have regular sit down, but they, I worked at a mall version at an ice cream stand mm-hmm. and there's something about like, okay, I got to make the next Sunday. You try to put your best into every Sunday, but when you look up and that line looks never ending, yeah, like it's hard not to get frustrated and start to rush. They took their time. They, they, they were putting those treats together, not slopping it in a plate. Like they no. were, they, they looked very well crafted. Every dessert is Instagram worthy, basically. Yeah. That's a good way to put it in modern terms. Now, a couple of other restaurant highlights I'll mention. I went twice to the Hard Rock Cafe for lunch over at City Walk. I liked the meal I had so much, I got it twice. I got the grilled chicken sandwich with the Caesar salad on the side. And um, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was just really good. I, I've been to that Hard Rock many times now. I don't think I've had a bad meal there. It's also a very fun restaurant to go to as Hard Rocks go. It's just the decorations are phenomenal. Have you been I- there, Dean? I have been, but not on this trip. I believe yeah. that's the largest hard rock in the world. I think it is. And it shows. Uh, it's really massive. Yeah, it's massive. We we happened upon you on your way there. Uh, we were going to yes, Islands of Adventure, right. and you were coming back from Islands of Adventure and, and on your way to a lunch break. Yes. It was rather dark and stormy, as I recall. Uh, you yes. guys were very smart in getting out of the rain. We were complete idiots walking into it. Uh, so. That's that summer vacations in Orlando. Rain that is, is uh, part of the equation. Yeah, you really can't help it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think it was. No, maybe it wasn't that day. It might have been the day before. Um, maybe the highlight I'll throw out to you. We went to Mythos. Yes. Uh, and that was the first time I've been there. We took a lot. We took a, a break for lunch there. Right. And um, maybe the highlight of the meal was my son's. He ordered the grilled cheese and tomato soup. Yes. Now, he, he kidified it. So he took out the pork belly and the bacon and the green aioli that they will pour on top. And he had it undeconstructed so the the way they would typically plate it is to put the triangles of grilled cheese in the tomato Mm -hmm. soup Uh, but i tried all the components of that meal and i when he said i don't want the bacon or pork belly i looked at the server and i said you can put those on the side (laughs) (laughs) there was no way i wasn't getting those um it was great though everything we had there i thought was really really good i know some people might get turned off like hey this is greek food and i don't want greek food in a theme park but mythos consistently wins awards for being one of the best restaurants in a theme park in Orlando. Yes. Uh, I would agree. It, you know, I'm not sure it's my absolute favorite restaurant in a theme park, but it's, it's really good. I would definitely recommend it. To people. Look, one of the things we've talked about on this podcast before, at least from my perspective, is that many of the restaurants in the theme parks are just not as good in my opinion, as you're going to get at a place like city walk or Disney Springs. Agree. Mythos is, is quite good. And it's also very comfortable in terms of atmosphere. Great uh, theming. Yes. Very spacious. And, just very comfortable. Yeah, the cave you walk into to go and, and put your name on the list or you know check in when you're there, it, it's cool, but it's a little weird uh, when you do it for the first time. You're not quite sure right. where your next move is. Like you're like, okay, there's there's a few tunnels here, and one of them probably goes to a restaurant, and one of them probably goes to the restroom, and one of them might right. go to the kitchen. And I'm hoping they lead me in the right direction because I sure. don't know which one to walk in. Uh, it's cool though. Yeah, the, another place where I think they spent the time in putting the theming together. I mean, even to the point that like. The railings of the, some of the, the the restaurants a little bit multi level. It's not like up and down stories, 
but there's a more of a pit restaurant or a seating area and then more of the outskirts. When you're walking up and down those little bits of stairs, like the, the railings themselves are held up by little god figures, like mm-hmm. you know, leaning into that Greek mythology feel. Dean, what did you eat there? Yeah, so I got, I, I don't remember the name of the platter, but it was basically like a, a, a Greek sampler platter, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it had like a couple chicken kebabs in it. It had pita, um, or not, yeah, I guess it was pita, with uh, some other like tomatoes and a little bit of, uh, I'm really not selling this well, but uh, it, it was just a mixture of some of the classic Greek dishes. Um, I wanted to try a little bit of everything. So especially when I go to a restaurant for the first time, I'm usually a sucker for anything that's a sampler platter. You know, you get like the Italian trio at the Italian restaurant type thing. That, that That's the kind of stuff I would order. Um, this one had, you know, had rice in the middle. I think it was basmati rice. Um, but yeah, in uh, chickpeas. So really in a lot of uh, feta in the middle and some olives. So all those little Greek components, they they all were really good individually. But I found that as I ate them off the pita and kind of mixed flavors together, really really good really authentic you know not spicy like in a bad way but like not cutting out flavor that you might get some right. of the blander meals at some of the restaurants this one did not skimp it was definitely full flavored greek food and quite frankly the where at theme parks are you going to get something like that most of the time it's burgers chicken fingers hot dogs that type of stuff this is very unique yeah the the um really interesting thing was they so we we did get appetizers too they had a hummus platter which i was not shocked about at all sure and then they had i think it i think it was their version of spanakopita it was like spinach dip so wow. it wasn't i'm not sure if that's authentic or not because i'm not i've never been to too many i guess we have greek diners around here but uh, right. not a lot of greek restaurants uh, but both were really good appetizers too and then um you know everything else uh, about the the restaurant just again held up what I think you're going to hear a common theme was really attentive team members, great customer service, uh, great attitudes and good personalities throughout the trip. Absolutely. I think that was consistent at the hotels, the restaurants and the theme park cast members. The one other restaurant I'll mention, I almost forgot. I went to Big Fire for the first oh, time yeah. on this trip. Liked it tremendously. I would go back in a heartbeat, had a burger as my entree, which was excellent. Again, another restaurant that, despite being at Universal, this is at CityWalk, I did not feel was cramped. I felt we had good space, which made me comfortable from a COVID perspective, and wonderful staff. Appetizer-wise, we ordered the bread. You actually had to order it as an appetizer, so it cost money, but it was really good. And we had the burrata first, served over a bed of lettuce and tomatoes with a nice vinaigrette dressing. And I just thought it was really good. I had a great meal. It was one of the first meals we had at Universal, and I thought a stellar way to kickstart the trip. Yeah, we checked that one out as we walked by. You know, again, just it's one of the problems, you know, for first world problems of a, a trip is there's never enough days to go to all the restaurants that you want to. Right. Um, so we didn't get a chance to check that one out. So I'm glad to hear from your experience, you know, how that went. Yeah, very good. Very good meal. And um, those were our Universal Heights. Some of the time we were at Universal, we were still eating at Disney World and at Disney Springs. So I'm <laughs> going to save that for my Disney trip report. But yeah, we snuck away for a day as well and, and went over to Disney Springs and visited some of the resorts while we were down there. But uh, yeah, the, the other place I'll mention, um, it's not a restaurant per se, but there's a bar at Portofino and I think it's called Thirsty Fish. Yes. And um, we actually did eat a meal there one day. Uh, nothing too spectacular. Like it was fine. It was good stuff. But you know, we split a turkey club. Um got a couple appetizers to munch on and, and had a few cocktails. And the friend that I mentioned, we met up with him and his family. Uh, it, it was really cool space, live music. The the few nights that we paid attention, 
Uh, it seemed like maybe it was an every night thing. They would have some version of live music. Sure. The music was playing outdoors, which I liked. I, I don't know if that was because they had more space out there, if that was a COVID protocol or what, but they had the musicians outside and lots of seating. And then we actually sat inside, literally not another person indoors yeah. uh, other than our party. That's nice. That's very nice. And that's a great spot when you get off the boat from coming uh, back from the parks, the, the, Thirsty fish is right there. It's not a long walk. So if you're hungry, if you're thirsty, you don't have far to go. And I've had a drink there before. It's a really nice atmosphere. Yeah, it was cool space. Like they didn't rush you at all. Just hang out. Um, super great servers there. Great bartender, you know, willing to, to chit chat about what you wanted to drink and, and just hanging out and stuff like that. So I really liked it there. That's a good place. Good recommendation there. And um, in terms of the parks themselves, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure, you went on Hagrid's, right? Am I correct about this? Yeah, it was my first time. The The last time we were at Universal was 19, 2019. Right. Hagrid's had just come online. Um, it was, I think, still in soft opening when we were there. And we went to the, the parks right before we were leaving for the airport. We had a couple of hours to kill. This was back in that trip. And uh, Hagrid's was actually open. And based on the posted wait time, our day was either spend two hours waiting in line to ride that ride and then go to the airport mm -hmm. or spend two hours with the rest of the theme park and right hundred percent left the vote up to the family and they decided uh let's not waste our time in line for our last day so yeah it was the first time we got to ride it um i thought it was an interesting experience in the sense that we we went for the early hours and the two main rides that are available are velocicoaster and hagrid's there's right. other stuff there's other stuff but those are the headliners both were offline when we got there at eight o'clock in the morning. Yes. That that's a legitimate complaint that I've yeah. I know others have experienced the same thing on their universal trips. Now at first they weren't letting anybody queue up. So we're we're thinking, okay, well let's just go into Wizarding World and hang around and, and enjoy the my son has a wand, so enjoy the wand and do that whole thing. And uh maybe fifteen minutes, twenty minutes past, we're like, you know, it looks like people are sort of unofficially queuing up let's let's go back <laughs> so we'd given a few minutes decided we we're going to leave and re rethought that decision went back when we got back the team members were saying okay we're going to allow you guys because you're all hanging around any we're going to allow you guys to get in line this ride might be offline for the next three hours just right. so you know we don't know when it's coming back we're going to allow you to get in line and i was like you know what they're they're they know it's coming back so we decided to go get in line and i'd say by 20 of nine so maybe 40 minutes total right. uh the, the line opened up and we were very very well uh in, in front of that line i mean we weren't first but we were you know, within the first couple of rides we got to go um i thought it was fantastic attraction yes. uh the theming on it again everything wizarding world on there is brilliant uh this is no exception the the ride itself is thrilling without being scary mm -hmm. um if you're used to disney attractions this is really fast right i don't think in the world of coasters it's fast right but you know if this was on disney property this would probably be among their especially for uh, an outdoor attraction it's sure very fast uh but i my son declared it his favorite ride at universal when we got off the ride wow okay recency recency bias uh, prevails there but it is it's excellent i would uh i would love to go back to ride that attraction again. okay good that's good I'll just, you know, say, say some highlights. Uh, you know, I went on, Gringotts was great. 
Forbidden Journey was a lot of fun. At one point when I was there at the park, I lost my express pass. And Oof. a credit to the Universal staff who hooked me up with another pass, and uh, another testament to the quality of the staff they employ there. Um, I didn't really like Transformers this time around. I've been on that before, and I thought it was – look, I know those motion simulator rides jerk you around, and it's not that I got motion sickness. But even there, I was like, this is a little bit too much. It was all over the place. That's a common feeling for me on some of the older Universal attractions, even some of the newer ones. There's a lot. It's a criticism that Disney fans will throw at Universal all the time. There's a lot of screen-based attraction there. Right. Uh, even some of their interactive rides have some screen elements. And after a while, that that all gets to me. Like, I don't think I could ride Simpsons ever again. Um, I, I did the, the Minions show right. because my son loves Minions. I probably squinted through half of that. Right. <laughs> so uh, even that one, which really doesn't have a lot of motion to it, the, the video itself just gets to me. Right. So it's a, it, it's a, again, it's, if you're okay with that stuff, it's not going to bother you. Um, but I felt the same way you did on Transformers. I was kind of like, it's and I love the Transformers, yeah. but it was a little too much for me. Compare that to Spider-Man, which is a similar type of ride. Spider-Man is just not as bumpy for lack of a better yeah. word. It's yeah. Um, at Islands of Adventure, I love the Popeye's barges. You get soaked. I mean, I was wearing a poncho and I still got <laughs> soaked. Oh, you're that guy in a poncho on a water attraction? Oh, there were a lot of us. I was not alone. Oh man. Oh, I would have. There were my more eyes people wearing ponchos than wearing masks. Just <laughs> <to> say that. <laughs> the, um, and uh, I, I thought it was great. It's it something I wanted to talk about tonight is this idea that I personally know several people who are going to Universal for either standalone vacations or they're going on their Disney trips and staying at Universal. Years ago, it used to be the case for myself included that I'd go to Disney and then maybe for a day go to Universal, maybe see Wizarding World, and then you go back to Disney. Now you have people who are either just going to Universal or they're doing, let's say, three or four nights at Disney, three or four nights at Universal. I know several families that did that this summer. It's becoming a destination in, unto itself. Well, you know, they, they have two theme parks. They have the water park. They're adding Epic Universe. So they'll have a, a third legit theme park. Right. Um, but I think the game changer there is a lot to do with their resorts. Agreed. Um, it used to be like, oh, Universal's a, a theme park over on, you know, the the I drive area of Orlando and just go stay over there. And then maybe you go to universal and people are like, well, I'm just going to stay somewhere. I'll just stay at Disney. I'm used to their hotels and maybe I'll go over there for a day. Now universal is a full on destination with yes. multiple resorts, great resorts, great theme parks, better dining than they used to have. Like it's, it's really built up. And I think Epic universe is really going to change out a, a, another bite out of the Disney you know disney bite uh yes. disney pie the, the the difference though is i think the sheer number of people going on these vacations is higher mm -hmm. and the m number of people doing both is higher so i'm not sure disney's gonna lose volume they'll lose market share right but maybe not volume it's just that more of the new stuff is going to go over to universal yes i agree with that and universal is expensive it's not like you say to someone, oh, go to Universal, you'll save a lot of money because certainly yeah. on the park tickets, they're very expensive. The annual passes are not bad, but the park tickets are expensive. Yeah, a four-day there and a four-day at Disney is basically the same price. Right. I think you save a little bit, well, maybe more than a little bit on the food. I found that our, our meal ticket, uh, you know, do the, the bill every time at Universal is like, oh, 
that's not bad. Right. We had just done a 10 day trip to Disney five weeks earlier where I was like, oh my God, how are they getting away by charging that? Now, yes, you're right. It, it's all still Disney. It's all still theme park pricing. Don't get me wrong. This is not going to your, when we went to BJ, it's not my local Italian restaurant where for 1295, they give you three pieces of chicken parm. Right. You're not getting that at any place in, in Universal, but it is less. Yeah, absolutely. The, their souvenirs the are, are expensive mm-hmm. too. They are expensive. I mean, if you load up hotel prices at Disney and Universal on the same dates, I guarantee you the Portofino price and Rock, Hard Rock price is going to be less than Grand Floridian and Polynesian. It'll be, it'll be less. Yeah, it'll be less than the Monorail Resorts. It'll probably be comparable and maybe slightly less than the Boardwalk Resorts. Agreed. And I would guess Wilderness Lodge and Animal Kingdom Lodge and Old Key West in Saratoga would probably be less than the Universal Resorts. Yes, and I would argue that Universal Resorts in some cases are nicer than those. Yeah, it depends what you're going for. Um, but and look, it's all good. I love both. I, I really yeah. yeah. Um, we're, we're we're not splitting hairs and calling one bad. Right? Those are all great choices. Every every one of those resorts. I still don't understand why some Disney fans out there are shocked when people go to Universal. They make it seem like they've committed a crime to spend time at Universal. To me, if you're into theme parks and you like well designed attractions and nice hotels and fun good restaurants, it's great. Yeah, it's it's more more offered to you. I mean, it's. I might be a Coca-Cola fan, but if Pepsi's available, I'll drink it. Yeah, for you sure. Know, like you, you don't have to like not like it just because they're the same product. It's it, and they're not the same product, to be honest. I mean, Universal's approach to theme parks is different than Disney's approach to theme parks. Yes, and that's especially evident right now as Halloween season kicks off. I'll be yes. down there in a few weeks. I mean, at Disney, you got Mickey's Not So Scary, which is a great event, very family oriented, very appropriate for all ages. And then at Universal, you have Halloween Horror Nights where it's really not. I would I would not consider that to be a family event, especially if you have little kids. And uh, it's much more intense and scary if you get scared by that stuff. It's uh, very different experiences. Um, but I, I love it you, all. What do you think the age cutoff is there? At Horror Nights? Yeah. Where, where would you start to think that most kids, and I know, you know, some kids are watching horror movies when they're six and right. some are 15 and, and wouldn't even watch uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Every kid's different. Right. Uh, is Generally, it a teenage event, you think? Well, I'll say this. On Facebook the other day, I saw a post by a mother down in Florida who said that they've been taking their kids to Horror Nights and the kids are now seven years old. So oh. I don't even know seven-year-olds were allowed in, to be honest with you. That's the exception. That's not the norm. I would say you do start to see teenagers there. That's yeah. generally what I see. And they're there often without parents. They're locals that are there in groups. Um, in terms of, I, I don't think you see many families there. As yeah. a matter of fact, I can't really recall seeing any. Uh, certainly not when the kids are young. You see a lot of couples on date nights. You see groups of friends. You don't even really, I, I really wonder how many people you see my age, our age. You know, we're in our 40s. I don't, I've seen, I've certainly seen people older than us, but I would say the target spot is 20s and 30s. That's the main bulk. But I think as the years go on and that 80 audience gets older, they're still going to go. So yes. I think as the years go on, the audience is going to be made up of both younger people going for the first time and older people who have more more experience going. Yeah, and, and, and that's a good point on just the target audience because Disney will always err on the side of inclusion and, and wanting to, if anything, they skew too young. 
And so some some people, you know, particularly teenagers, maybe into their twenties, might even roll their eyes at some of the right. Disney approach. But they're making sure it's eligible for all you know families with kids of all ages. Horror Nights is not that, like you said. No. Horror Nights, it's 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 a horror movie come to life, basically. So yes. if you would let your kid watch the horror movie, then they might have some interest here. But generally speaking, I think you're right. I think it's teen and above. And even there, I would say. It's more intense, actually, going to the Horror Nights in terms of um, thrill factor because you're walking through a house, a haunted house at Horror Nights. They got loud noises coming everywhere. You got people jumping at you. And from a kid's perspective, that could be quite scary. Yeah. And from an adult perspective, too. From my perspective, that's going to be quite scary. So I, I hear you. It's kind of like if someone says they don't like the boathouse. That's kind of my reaction too. You know, it's the same same thing. Uh, so, Dean, uh, overall, you had a good time, though. It sounds like we had a great time. I, I want to hit one more category, and it probably falls in the food. But like, how about yes. snacks? You know, oh, one, one of the mm-hmm. one of the big things people go gaga over is is their snacks. You know, certain items I have to have. Yes, and I, you know, I, I could start off and tell you the one thing. That, I'm not usually a, a YouTube video watcher, particularly before vacation. I'd rather experience stuff myself. But I did a little bit more research on the Universal. You know, hadn't been there in a few years. The place I will recommend anybody who's looking for something like either it could be used as a breakfast or a snack uh, is the Crepe Place over mm-hmm. in the Central Park area. Yeah. First yeah. time I had that, it, we had the Nutella and strawberry crepe as a breakfast. Fantastic. Wow. It's uh, it, it's it's pretty hearty. It's uh, it's good size fresh made to order so if there's a line you're going to be waiting a little bit we happened to i basically rope dropped it which is kind of funny uh but we we, uh we went there right at park opening and there was no line so we were you know one of the first if not the first to to get a crepe that morning it was delicious great great point and i'm trying to think about snacks i had i really can't think of any which is a shame i mean look we went to toothsome for dessert that was its own thing oh voodoo donuts i went to voodoo donuts that was great yeah had a chocolate coconut donut. I, I thought it was going to be small. I purposely ordered it because I wasn't starving. It maybe is one of their smaller donuts, and it's still huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no Texas donut. That thing is a monster. Right. But, oh, yeah. Uh, that's huge. Yeah. Um, we did we did Voodoo one day, too. Voodoo's, it's it's solid. I, I like that there's like whimsy and fun with their donuts. Yes. And I didn't do this, but they have a very popular mobile order location as well. So if the line's long, you don't want to wait in line, they do have a mobile order. It's a separate stand where you could pick up the donuts. Okay, good to know. Universal's great. I had a great time. I I can't wait to go back. Like I said, I'll be down there in a few weeks for Horror Nights. And uh, that never gets old. It's With all this stuff, it's the type of thing where you go and you have a great time. And you're right. if you're fortunate enough like we are to go a good amount, when you come home, you're okay coming home. And then you're ready to go back to. Yeah, I'll say just in general feel, uh, if you're someone who's a Disney planner and, and you know the Disney vacation is a big part of what you do, take the time to go to Universal. If nothing else, you can relax more. I, I found our trip in Disney you know, was wonderful. Love, love that trip. Recap that with you last season. But this was a, a much more relaxed approach to vacationing. Yes. Um, it's just kind of meandering through the parks a little bit more. I uh, didn't have this like I need to race and get my next uh, Genie Plus you know, right. ticket and um, you know, not having to wake up and book stuff first thing in the morning. And, and you know, Express Pass contributes a lot to that. Yes. Um, the lines are much, much shorter. You know, there was a time at the time that we rode Minions, uh, it was a posted two hour wait. And with the Express Pass, we were in in 20 minutes. 
So Can't it saves it. a lot of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, maybe Portofino Bay has a big thing to do with that too. It's such an easy place to go relax. It's a fun hotel. It's relaxing. It's not overwhelmingly busy. You've got good pool locations there, good dining options. And you're right. Unlike the Disney Genie Plus experience, and there are some positives to Genie Plus, which you've talked yeah, about and I'll fun. cover in an upcoming episode. It still requires you to be on your phone a lot. And you're always looking ahead, looking ahead. You can't really enjoy the moment as much, but at Universal, you can. And when you have that express pass, it changes the whole dynamic of the trip. Yeah, I'll say with, with um, maybe one more one more aspect to Universal vacationing. We didn't do a lot with the characters. We saw them out, you know, saw saw the gang from Scooby Doo. Right. We saw minions. You know, we didn't get in in queues and, and go to meet characters. Uh, and they do have nighttime shows. We saw the fireworks one night from our balcony, uh, which yes. was really cool. So we didn't do that in park. Uh, but there's definitely lots to do, lots to see. Uh, and and you know, just grab your time guide and decide if you want to experience that. There's a lot going on. Absolutely. Before, So now, Dean, I guess it's fair to say Universal is the stuff we love. It's the good stuff we love. Stuff we love is Universal. <laughs> stuff we love is Universal. And with that, we're going to turn to Stuff We Love segment. And I know, Dean, you mentioned yours earlier, which is the start of the NFL season. Yeah, you know, the the um, the start of the spring season really does start you know and uh my butter and baking co-host will shame me for mentioning pumpkin spice lattes but i have to mention anytime i can but it's it is the start of fall and i think it's it's the fall season is really my overall recommendation but yes i I love some people hate this i love what they've done with turning the opening of these sports seasons into spectaculars Mm -hmm. and so you know there's always the fireworks and the concerts and the 17-hour pregame show and things like that and you know, find, find what part of that you like and get into it, you know, and, and just enjoy the day because it is the opening day of, you know, really the next four months of the football calendar. It's great. And, you know, I, all of our teams are zero and zero right now. And uh, even the jets have hopes of making the playoffs. That'll That's be gone true. by week four, <laughs> right. but you know, right week now four, I'm enjoying week two. it. Uh, we, have, we have no quarterback till week five. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Flacco Flacco is uh, a, yeah. you know, he's an experienced quarterback. It's, it's better than other backups. He's our age, but you know we'll we'll give him right. some, some slack over Flacco. We'll see how he does. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, you know, f- find what it is about the fall season because, especially if you live in an area that gets cold, it's going to be pretty soon. You're going you're to be bundled up and not wanting to go outside. And it's just so many good things to do in the fall. And watching football is one of them. You know, hay rides and p- p- picking apples, all that good stuff. Just yes. get out there and enjoy the rest of the outdoor season uh, if you live in an area that gets cold. I like that recommendation. Uh, I love fall. It's my favorite season. And not just because of what it is, but also because it symbolizes what's coming. Holiday season, not far behind, which is great. Yeah, Nothing I can add to that. If you haven't noticed from most of my stuff for love recommendations, I'm always behind on TV shows. So yes. I can't give you a lot of new series to watch. Uh, I'm watching uh, Murders in the Building, still continuing that from the last recommendation, which I okay. had started okay. at that point. Well, I have <laughs> not started season two of that. So I finished season one, but I'm not started season two. It's very good. I'll give you a stuff we love recommendation. This is a good one. I think that I may have had this on a previous episode, but its new season is out, which I'm watching with my wife on Netflix, a TV show called Never Have I Ever. It's a wonderful show created by Mindy Kaling, who is famously on The Office, and it focuses on a high school girl's experience where she likes a likes a boy and where they're they eventually get into a relationship. Spoiler alert! You know that's. Anyhow, this is season three. It's just begun. It's a very fun, feel-good show for all ages. I know people my age who watch it. I know people older that watch it and younger. And it's just, 
has something for everyone. So we love Never Have I Ever. And that is my Stuff We Love recommendation. And um, that's it. All right. Can I ask you one last question? Absolutely. Have you seen the footage of the film premiere of the upcoming film, Don't Worry, Darling, where Harry Styles sits down next to the actor Chris Pine and people wonder if he spit on him? Did you see this? I have not seen this. You'll you'll have to inform me here. So I was going to ask you. Controversy? There's a lot of drama between cast members there. It's a great celebrity gossip story. And a lot of people think at this film premiere in Venice that Harry Styles actually spit on Chris Pine. I don't think he did, but I was going to get your take. So go go look at this in your will, free time. I will look at it in my free time and, and bring it to the Twitter conversation. But uh, I th- I think if it's like most TVs and movie premieres, it sounds like it might be stage drama. It could very well be. I, w- I wonder how real it is. Do you know that I once attended a film premiere and I was in a tuxedo. This is a true story. This is this is the life of wow. podcast. Now this is the stuff I love. <laughs> and I ended up on the red carpet early, and a member of the paparazzi looked at me and yelled out that I looked fabulous. Wow. Well, that part doesn't surprise me. Yes, I mean you've seen me at Universal in my tux. It's <laughs> listen. I, I, I saw the adoring fans and 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 the paparazzi that followed you around there. So sure. Uh, what what was the what was the film? Good night and good luck, George Clooney. Did you get to meet George Clooney? I did. I shook, shook hands wow. with George Clooney. Did he tell you you look fabulous? He looked more fabulous than me. Was he in a tux? He was in a tux with the bow tie is, undone. He, oh, wow. He is often in a tux. I, I've never seen him so relaxed with the bow tie undone, though. I, I yes. like it. Um, I have a photo of it, and my face is somewhat... It's not the best picture. I'll send it to you. You, you have... Amazing stories, Scott. And and the more we talk, the more I learn, the uh, the more fabulous your entire life sounds. Yes, but quite frankly, none of those stories compares to what will be on our upcoming episode where I discuss what I ordered at the boathouse and <laughs> how much I enjoy the tuna avocado appetizer. And I, I really did. Um, now, I guess we'll give plugs. Dean, talk to us. Where can we find you on social media and tell us about Butter and Bacon and Adventures Out There Travel? Yeah, well, I'll start there. So Adventures Out There Travel uh, is ready, willing, and able to book all your travel needs, Disney and otherwise. Universal, of course. Starting Thursday, September 8th, Disney Plus subscribers can get discounts on select Disney cruises. And that discount is uh, however many people you have in your stateroom, you pay full price for the first two. The next two, or up to the next two, can sail for free. Uh, So this could be real material cost savings. Um, You know, the way that Disney does their pricing uh, full price on the stateroom for the first two people. It is always a little bit discounted for the next group uh, of folks, you know, th- uh, person three, person four, but given the really rapid escalation of Disney cruising, this is like cruising in 23 at 2018 prices. Yes. So it's a, it's a really good discount. And I think it's more to the brand uh, of Disney plus and how they're trying to really build those numbers and, yes support value in what's been an escalating fee for Disney plus uh, you know, there's all these rumors about Disney subscriber and Disney mem- membership and what that's going to mean for park annual passes. None of that has materialized. All oh, that's all rumor mill stuff. Mm-hmm. This is real though. So this is another example. Uh, we had a discount for uh, Walt Disney world resort that right. for Disney plus subscribers, which I took now advantage of. Yes, you did. And now and you're tomorrow's getting... Disney plus day. 
That's the big and, day. And tomorrow is Disney Plus Day. So maybe that's our real stuff we love recommendation. Is right. The, all the good the stuff. The one that's we... most pertinent to the podcast is the one we ignored. <laughs> all the good stuff we haven't watched yet that we're looking forward to coming to Disney Plus. Pinocchio with Tom Hanks. I, I actually am looking forward to that yeah, one. I think that. Fun. I have I was not a uh, a subscriber to the live action remakes, right. and then when they started making the live action ones that weren't actually live action, like Lion King, mm-hmm. then I was like just annoyed that they called them live action. But right. uh, some of them have been really good, and I have a lot of hope that Pinocchio is going to be really good. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, happy to book any of that. Look me up uh, on Twitter; it's at AIOT Travel or. Just hit me up personally. It's at CT underscore Mickey underscore man. Yep. And the announced retirement of butter and bacon, maybe uh, pulling a Tom Brady here. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're in discussion, trying to negotiate contracts with uh, my fellow co-hosts, uh, but we'll, we'll probably be back in some form or another, some form or another, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe a repurpose of the show or, um, certainly want to keep the, the same great fun that we've had over the last several years, but that's at butter and bacon. All the old shows are still cataloged and available Podbean, stitcher, all your favorite apps of choice. Uh, I think we're on, I don't know what is it? Apple music and all that good stuff. So, yeah. um, if you can't find it, reach out, we'll tell you where to find it. We'll send you a link for sure. And I'll give a plug of course, to adventures at their travel. Our listeners know that I've used them for my Disney and universal trips and, as always, this summer did a wonderful job. So thank you, Dean. Oh, thank you. We uh, appreciate you and your listeners. And we'll hopefully give them the same great Disney Plus and other discounts that come available like That's we did right. for you. And Stuff We Love Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page, a YouTube channel that I referenced earlier. And please join us on TikTok. We got a good account on TikTok now. Followers are, are going up and our videos are a lot of fun. So Stuff We Love Podcast is the username on TikTok. You can write to us stuff we love podcast at gmail.com and our website is stuff we love podcast.podbean.com where you can find links to all of our prior episodes. And you can follow me on Twitter at Scotty Boy4, S-C-O-T-T-Y-B-O-Y4. And uh with that, Dean, welcome to season five. Let's have a good time this year. I know you're gonna be on a lot as always. Uh uh love talking to you, talking with your listeners, keeping the conversation going on Twitter, Instagram. Watching those YouTubes, you're the reason I now watch Disney and Universal YouTube, so maybe thank you, but don't thank you for that. And uh, I'm excited that I was able to be a guest on the premiere of Season 5. Going to be the best season yet. The best season yet. It'll feature some old guests, some new guests when we locate these people. (laughs) And uh, good, Good conversation about theme parks, movies, music, sports, all the good stuff. All the good stuff we love. Can't wait. Looking forward to more. And with that, let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. And I'm Dean. Close this out, Dean. You know what to say. This has been the stuff we love. Podcast. Ah. Oh, <laughs> you close us out. This has been the stuff we love podcast. In the- <laughs> I thought I didn't know you had the word podcast in there. Okay. My, my, my bad. I guess I uh I must be one of those listeners that cuts off your listenership because I don't get the last three seconds. I'm leaving this all in and all our listeners that are booking the universal trip right now based on what we said are closing their browsers. (laughs) All right. And this is why Butter and Bacon has a uh, blooper section at the end of the show. That's right. That's right. But anyhow, folks, I hope you enjoyed that, especially the ending. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.